strength to make it through the last year that God's given me my family, that God's given me my wife, that God's given me our kids, that God's given me my friends. God's given me everything I have, everything in my everything in my life. God God gave to me my education, my house, my family, my wife, my friends. Everything I have came from the Lord. Now you might say, well, you did it too. Yeah, well, God gave me opportunity too that other people didn't have. So everything that we have comes from God. Even, even the opportunities that we've had in our life, even the connections we've made. So God looks at life from a stewardship perspective. Stewardship changes your perspective. When you realize everything in your life God gave you, even the people you know, even where you were born, even the opportunities that you had, God gave it all to you. So then God, God says back to you, okay, hey, <clears throat> I gave you everything, everything you have. So now what are you going to do with it? Well, only God can tell you. But that's the goal. The goal, the goal of following Jesus is, okay, Lord, you gave me everything. Now what do you want me to do? That's different, right? That's a totally different mindset. But that's where the that's where <clears throat> that's where the the power is. So I want us to think about our lives right now. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think, hey, look at everything God's given me, all this stuff, all, everything in my life. And I want you to I want you to pray right now, just as, as sincerely as you can. God doesn't look. God always looks for sincerity. Never looks for perfection, but sincerity. So. Sincerely, right now, in your in your mind, in your heart, say, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, I'll do whatever. That's 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 the good. That's for the. I'll do whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave a job. I liked. I like. I like where I used to work. But I felt like God wanted me to do it. So then, when you when God tells you something and it doesn't make sense, you got to go with it. Yeah. So let's let's all pray that right now. Pray, hey God, what do you want me to do? Lord, right now, whatever it is you want us to do, tell us. Talk to us right now. I, right now, just, just put something on our heart. And, and Lord, just I just want to say for everyone here, whatever it is that you're putting on our heart to do, we say yes. Because we want to be people of faith. Faith is trusting God when it doesn't make sense. So help us to trust you even when it doesn't make sense to others or even to ourselves. Help us to trust you with our life. Lord, give us the courage tonight to do what you're wanting us to do, no matter what it is. In your name, amen. Yeah, it's clap. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, a, few, a few things. Um, if if it's on your heart to to give, giving is part of worship. If it's on your heart to give, there's a place to do that. You could do it on our website at oceanwater.com. We have a we have a sign. Thanks, Nona. Thank you, Bob. Keep our sign. Stoke. 
You can find information about, oh, wave hi to the littles. They're going next door to Bonsai Bowl. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, this is so boring. And he you started talking, and he's like, oh, my gosh, not again. <laughs> that's right, that's right. That's why you have kids. Kids will keep, kids will keep you humble. You're like, oh, I get home, and like, you're like, hey, how do you think it went? She'd be like, oh, it was okay. That's why God gives you a lot of Keep you humble. But if you want it, if it's on your heart to give, giving, giving is a part of worship. Why do we give? We give, I'm going to tell you why. We give so other people can hear about the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, we haven't started one church. We've actually helped start five. Like this. And we want to do more. We want to, we, we take the, we take the little, we take the little crumb God gives us and we pray that, that God multiplies the crumb. So I, what I can tell you is this. If whatever you do give here, I, it, it will get leveraged 100x. <laughs> That's how we think. We, we find leaders. This guy has a wonderful, amazing church, 21 years old. This dude's 21 years old. Has this many people at a coffee shop. I go up there. I try to go every Monday night that I can at Costa Mesa. This dude's awesome. This dude's doing it. Is that rad or what? Yeah. yeah. You're like, well, uh, who could do this? Uh, anyone who's crazy enough, basically, is the answer. And call. So, okay. If you want to give tonight, you can do it at oceanwater.com. Also on Venmo, OCNWTR. You can give there as part of your Thanksgiving. Worship is attached to gratitude. Gratitude is attached to giving. Let the Lord speak to you. What I usually do is I say, hey, God, what do you want me to give? And then whatever pops in my head, that's what I do. What's cool about that is it's between you and God. Giving, that's how giving is supposed to be. But you want to make it a part of your worship because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What we do is we say, well, I don't give because my heart's not in it. God says, no, no, no. When you give, then your heart's there. So it's like even 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 giving is a step of faith. So you just give, you just pray, hey Lord, and it's personal. You just do what He tells you. Cool. Um, we're gonna take a short break, and what that means is like use the bathroom if you want. Please say hi to somebody you don't know. Grab a taco, and then um, Dr. Ramirez is gonna teach us tonight. So that's gonna be awesome. So just a quick break, like a one minute break. And then we'll, we'll start up. Okay? Awesome. Use the bathroom, grab a taco, get water away. <laughs>
And uh, we have a road treat tonight. Um, so what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is just give you a little explanation of how we became friends, and and then we'll get started. So over a year ago, um, we. A friend of, of you guys know a friend of mine. Maybe you don't, but a friend of mine made a video of our water project in El Salvador, and that video, you know how the internet works. And um, Amir saw it, and I do a lot of water research, and you don't have to do very much of it to understand there's a real, legitimate need in Pakistan in certain areas, mostly for the marginalized. That's very common, no matter where you do water projects. And so we began to have a conversation about that. And about a year ago, um, Amir was here and I went out to Corona and had lunch with them. We became friends. And I said, dude, I love you. The next time you come, please come stay at my house for a few days and teach at the So this is just the beginning of a great friendship. Um, who knows what the Lord has. He's a, a pastor. Uh, he's helped plant five churches in Pakistan. Just a wonderful guy. So can't wait for you to share. I love you, bro. Thank you. Come on. Up. Hallelujah. I'm so honored and to be blessed to, uh, to come here. And thank you, Dr. Ryan, for your love. Thank you for your invitation that you gave me opportunity to come here and share and to see this beautiful town, <laughs> that's my first time I am here. So it is very beautiful town. So, as you know, my name is Amir. I am from Pakistan, and I want to tell you about my story, what God did in my life. I want to share about my country as well. How Christians they live in Pakistan and what kind of challenges Christians are facing there in a country where 97% majority is Muslim. So I'm going to share a few things with you. So I gave my life to Jesus Christ in 1999. I'm fourth generation Christian, but I became Christian, or I was born again Christian, became born again Christian in 1999. You know, me and my church, we love America. Every morning, Monday through Friday, we pray for America. We pray for the world. And you know, my great-grandparents, great-grandfather, he gave his life or he became Christian through American missionaries. Mm -hmm. So that's why this land is very important. Wow. We pray for this country because your forefathers, your great-grandparents have done a lot for the gospel. Mm -hmm. They have it in the world. I'm one of them who is beneficiary of your ancestors and great forefathers because I'm Christian because of American missionaries. Mm -hmm. Definitely God sent them, sent them there, but they changed my family history and story. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm the first person in my family who came into ministry and God used me for his glory mightily I would say because we have five churches our church main church is in Gujranwala city we have 300 to 350 people every Sunday so God has been doing great things especially last year our church grew like anything and you know the story during shutdown we were going through very difficult time not only Pakistani people but people around the world they were having difficult time but in Pakistan we had different challenges because we work every day we eat every day and we don't work every day we don't eat every day because we don't have credit cards we don't have any food stamp card or something <laughs> you know that those things so I was praying early morning and I prayed and I said God what we should do for our people because life is very difficult people already have difficult life during shutdown they are going to suffer badly but what we should do so I was praying then I discussed with my nephew I said what we can do for our people because our church is in the slum roads are the streets are muddy water is flowing in the streets so I said what we can do for our people he told me I said maybe we can help them give them supplies for one week maximum for two weeks so what happened I prayed I discussed and then we started helping people started giving food to them Muslim and Christians both no discrimination so we started giving food and when we started giving food to them God started supplying to us because he is Jehovah Jireh he provides he's our shepherd and Lord he's our best provider actually so when we started that feeding project for two months we gave supplies to people in my community and other wherever people called us they asked they told us oh we are facing very difficult time we need food so we were used to prepare packages like 10 days 15 days food not fancy food not very luxury food just to survive beans oil chai and stuff all these things so what happened for two months we were giving supplies to people and during that time people were touched they were blessed they knew that we told them how we loves love you because Jesus loves you Jesus died for you he gave his life for your you and he shed his blood for us so that's why the church name is agape church we love people my vision is to love people love God so we gave supplies to them for two months and can you imagine our church small church we had like 150 people every Sunday but because of shutdown churches were closed also for two months we gave 180,000 meals 180,000 meals it's miracle it's miracle if God can do for me why not 
he can do for you guys. Mm. When people stands for him, he stands with them. Yeah. Our God is faithful God. Yeah. He's faithful God. So what happened when we closed that feeding project? Our church grew like anything. Now we have 300 to 350 people every Sunday. And now we, we are building bigger building because we cannot uh, provide place pe to people to sit there. We cannot facilitate people. So now we are moved to another house. We are worshiping nowadays on the rooftop and our church is under construction now. So that's how God works. My life is full with stories. God has done so many things in my life. As I said, I'm the first person who became he who became pastor who came to uh, came in ministry. In my family, we are six uh, siblings: five brothers, one sister. Nobody could finish his high school even, even elementary school. But God had greater plan for me, and I finished university as Dr. Ryan already told. God helped me to finish my PhD from Korea, South Korea. Wow. I had nothing. I'm telling you, I had nothing. But I always admitted that the best decision which I made was to accept Lord Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yeah. To serve Him, that was my best decision in my life. My father was a poor farmer. I was used to work with my father and uh, we had nothing. I, even when I uh, went to Korea first time for my studies, somebody paid my air ticket. So I always tell young people in Pakistan, I have story. I have a story to tell you. If God can do for me, He can do for anybody. Mm -hmm. He's good God. He's faithful God. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. Mm -hmm. He loves us so much. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people they are discouraged. They are distressed. They face challenges, and they when they go through. They think God has no plan for me. God doesn't love me. My dear brothers and sisters, I want to tell you God loves you so much. Whenever you look at cross, God is saying, I love you. I love you and I love you. He has great plans for your life. You know how, do you want to know how much God loves you? How much He cares you? He knows each and everything about your life. He knows your challenges. He knows your sufferings. He knows your needs also. Whenever you woke up this morning, he was looking at you and he was smiling because he loves you. He got your tattoo on his heart. He has counted. He has numbered your hair. This much he loves you. And this much he cares for you. So never be discouraged. Never think of that, that God doesn't love you. He has, God didn't create anything which was bad. When he created everything, he made everything, he said it is good. God didn't create junk, he created good things. He made you to love you. He made you to love you. That was, the, that was God's plan to create you, to make you. To make you. So he loves you so much. So this evening, 
I'm so excited. You don't know what kind of challenges we have there in Pakistan. We are 3% people, Christians, 90% I have written a book on persecution. Uh, Christian cares of Pakistan, we are persecuted. We are, uh, our girls, Christian girls are kidnapped, raped and all this stuff. Many Christians are in prison, jail, because they are Christians. They are accused falsely that they have done something against their religion. But still no Christian is ready to surrender or to give up his faith. We are so faithful. We are 3%. And but what we are doing there in Pakistan, we love people. We want to tell them that we are the followers of Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior is Jesus. We are not against anybody. We, are, we don't have a bad intention for anybody. Why? Because Jesus loved people. Wherever Jesus went, he loved people. And that's why people are so much attached with him and attracted to him. Because he loved them. Agape love. So that's what we are doing in Pakistan. We are providing clean water there in Pakistan. We, dug, we have dug already seven wells I discussed with you. We are trying our best. We are providing food. We are providing clean water. So we are doing what we can do just to witness and proclaim Jesus Christ in Pakistan. That's main purpose. I, I was just sharing with the brother that this is the sixth time I am in America. Many people tell me or ask me in Pakistan, why you come back again and again from America? People go to America and they never come back. <laughs> I said, Yes, I'm crazy. <laughs> but I said, crazy people do like this. <laughs> when I finished my study from Korea, many Pakistani guys told me, don't go back. People are leaving Pakistan. You are going back to Pakistan. I said, God had, had planned for me. That's why I was born in Pakistan. It's easy to live. I love it. I love Korea. It's a beautiful country. Everything is here. But we are there to to proclaim Jesus Christ. They are there to love people. That's our whole purpose. Wherever we are, wherever you are, wherever, wherever God has put you, He has planned for you. Bible says that, says that His plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. He wants to bless us. He wants to use us for His glory. That's, that's why we are here on this planet. That's why we are here uh, in this coffee shop today, uh, this evening. So actually my message, what I want to share with you, is from the book of Acts. How long I have still? How much time? Go, okay. Go, go, go. <laughs> okay. So Acts chapter 2, Pastor Ryan, he gave me this assignment. You can speak on that. I said, okay, sure, I will. So Acts chapter 2, few verses I want to read. Proverbs 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there, and there appeared to them tongues of, of, of fire, as of fire distributed 
and resting on each one of them. Amen. Amen. So, I, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, this beautiful experience at the day of Pentecost. I'm not going to go very much in detail though I have maybe 10 pages notes with me here. But I'm not going to tell everything. I'm not going to share everything. I want to share, I want to share with you more about stories what God has done in my life. That's my own saying. If, if you are walking with God and you don't have any story, you are you're not walking with God at all. Everyone who is walking with God, he has story to tell you. Everyone who is walking with God, he has testimony to tell people that this is what has God, that this is what God has done in my life. Yeah. I have story, you have story. Everyone has story who has walked with God. So today, this evening, I want to encourage you to walk with God, experience your God. He's so loving God. He loves you. So when disciples they were waiting for the Holy Spirit. They were in upper room. Jesus was, ascend, was ascended into heaven. And they were waiting there. So a few things I want to share with you about the day of Pentecost. This promise that the disciples would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And that they, that they would be clothed with power from on high Luke 24 49 was a promise given to sustain the completion of world evangelization and all the ministry that sports it the context of both texts makes that plain you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to the end of the The task of world evangelization is not yet complete. Therefore, the promise of this extraordinary power to sustain and carry for the, for the work is still valid. My purpose through this passage is to encourage you, wherever you are, share about Jesus Christ. Evangelize about Jesus Christ. I mean, you are given a great task, a great commission that go and make disciples. So when Holy Spirit came upon them, the sole purpose of Holy Spirit was that to go and make disciples, do evangelization, do evangelism in the world. Therefore the promise of the extraordinary power to sustain and carry forth the work is still valid. God is looking for people who are ready to serve him, who are ready to tell people about his son, Jesus Christ. You know, I have been in different countries. People are so much discouraged. They have so many questions. They have so many needs. They have so many issues. They have broken families. They have broken relationships. They have, we are living on a broken planet. Rick was used to say always, we are living on a broken planet. Everything is broken here. There's only one Savior and He is Jesus Christ. So, but Jesus is the answer of all the questions. Jesus is hope for the world. 
So many people, those those are broken, those who have bad, those who are in bad situation, bad shape, they need Jesus Christ. That's why I'm here this evening to share about Jesus Christ. You know, I tell many times to people, you are living in America, a beautiful country. This country has a lot, this country has given 97% of the world's mission fund. I mean, America is 5% 5, 5 of the world, but this nation has given 97% of the world. It's, it's a beautiful country. You have resources to reach the world, to reach the people, to share about Jesus Christ. Look at me. I have no background. I have very humble background. From very, my father was farmer. I had nothing. But imagine if God can bring me to America six times. Why not you? He can help you. He can answer your prayers. If you are ready. I'm telling you, God is looking for people. He's looking for people. Those who wants to be used for him. So, Pentecost. Let's begin in verse 1 of Acts chapter 2 with the word Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had come, why did Jesus choose Pentecost as the day when he would pour out the Spirit on the disciples? Why? Why did Jesus chose the day when he would pour out the Spirit on the uh, disciples? There are two possible reasons which are really one when you are when you stop or think about it. Number one, on this Jewish holiday there would be a lot of pilgrims in Jerusalem from across the known world. It was one of the one of three Jewish feasts that called for a pilgrimage to the holy city. It, it, it got its name, Pentecost, 50th. From the fact that it took place 50 days after Passover. It was a feast of harvest. That's, that's the point which I want to make. It was a feast of harvest. That's what it is called in Exodus chapter 23. Verse 16. In, in, in other words, there was a beautiful symbolic significance. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in extraordinary power was meant for witness and world evangelization. Why Jesus Christ sent Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? Because it was the day. It was a feast of harvest. And that's why Jesus chose Pentecost to pour out his Holy Spirit for the world evangelization. And what is this but a great harvest in the field of field, uh, great harvest in the field of the world. And that is exactly what happened. 3,000 people were harvested for God and given eternal life on the day of Pentecost. That was the feast of harvest. 3,000 people at that day gave their lives to Jesus. Some people say when the when the, that occurrence 
tower of Babel was destroyed. People decided to reach God. Something happened there. God confused their language and they were scattered everywhere. Some people say 3,000 people were died there. So God brought 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost to his kingdom. He saved 3,000 people. He reversed that even back. 3,000 people. Some people say at that time maybe there were 6,000 people in Jerusalem. It's not, it's not bad number to start a new thing. 3,000 people were changed. 3,000 people were saved. And they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. So that was the feast of harvest. And Jesus, when he sent his Holy Spirit, 3,000 people were harvested for God and given eternal life on the day of Pentecost. The feast of harvest it's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Mm -hmm. God, God got great harvest at that. Mm -hmm. My dear brothers and sisters, he's calling you also. He wants to save you and me from eternal death. He wants to give us eternal life. Because he loves us. He has plans for us. The next... Two more minutes? Okay. The nation of... Okay. I will try to... The nation... I have to know. Okay. 3,000 people are saved. Based on teaching in California, he doesn't, he doesn't understand. We, we like, you know, we can't handle these 90-minute sermons. <laughs> so, good thing. Let me close here. So, I want to tell you... We need Jesus Christ now. Yes. Yes. We have to share about Jesus Christ wherever we find people. Because everybody, he has something, he's missing something, he has some emptiness in his heart. And that emptiness only Jesus can fill. He is answer of all the questions. So I want to ask you, he loves you so much? He has given his life for you. So if you if you think that your life is empty, invite Jesus Christ in your life. You will you will your life will be radically changed. Mm -hmm. And he will start working in your life. Let's start today. God bless you. Jerusalem is basically just the people that you like. They're the people like you. Like me, I just surf, so I can like hang out with surfers all day. So my my, my Jerusalem is just like, you know, people to surf. Tom, Adam, Bobby, our guys. Right? But then God loves us, so then God always, your Jerusalem is your home. So what happens is, God starts in Jerusalem, then he tells you to go to Judea. Well, what's Judea? Well, that's the neighbor across the street. They're a little different, right? 
They're not like your people, right? You know, maybe they rollerblade. And God's like, <laughs> you're dying laughing. You're, you're a surfer, and God's like, well, there's Judea. So what's Judea? A little uncomfortable, right? Not then Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria. What's Samaria? Well, it's a little farther out. That might be like a town, a couple, couple towns away. So we, God starts with what we like, and then he stretches us a little bit. He, people in our neighborhood, friend people that are different. Then the Bible says the utter ends of the earth. So today we have lunch. We're at my table. I get Google Maps out, and I'm trying to explain. We have a map at our table. And, I'm, and I pull up Google Maps, and I'm trying to explain to Aubrey, my granddaughter, where he lives. Literally, it is halfway around the world from where we are standing right now. So when God says, you, you will be my witnesses, my representatives, Jerusalem, so where you like, and then Judea, well, that's a little uncomfortable. Then Samaria, the, and then the utter ends of the earth. What is the utter ends of the earth? Different language. It's a different language for you. It's a different language for me. Different culture. Different culture. Different country. So I just want you to understand this because no matter where you start at with like the people you like, because we all, it's, and by the way, it's cool. We all have our group, right? That's good. I just want to let you know that if God's working in your life, He's going to get you out of your group. Like, I don't care what group you start in, God's getting you out of your group. Because that's what He does. And then, it ends up looking like tonight. Look around. Little slice of heaven. Young. Mature. <laughs> Different language. Different culture, different delivery style, right? That's good. My friend knows five languages. Korean, English, Hindi, Urdu, Punjabi. Guy did a heck of a job teaching the Bible in English, his fifth language tonight. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for the gift of your friendship. Thank you for the gift of teaching. Thank you for the start of this relationship. And I'm thankful for you. And I want to pray for a blessing on our relationship and on, on our churches and supporting each other. Okay, so can we pray? Yeah. Lord, thanks for Amir. Just thank you for his life. Thank you for his church. I pray a blessing. Thank you. I. I want. I don't know how they did a hundred. They fed a hundred and eighty thousand meals. That just. They've dug seven wells. They've. He's got seven teachers in his school. Just would you give him the strength? Would you give him the endurance? Would you give him the vision? Would you give him the, the resources? Just bless him. Bless Agape Church. Bless my friend. 
I'm just so thankful. And as he shared tonight, may we be your representatives. May we love you. May we follow you. And may we go after you with everything that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. a little slice of heaven tonight. We have the gift of having some, some friends here, uh, and they're going to share a few songs in worship, and they're going to bust out some, some luau vibes. I'm, I'm in now. Let's go. Come on up. Let's do this.
So we want to share with you what we are about. Coming from Hawaii, we have full body worship. But with one thing in mind, we worship God. Yes. Almighty Akua. When the Polynesians first came to Hawaii, they worshiped one God. It wasn't until the migration of people over the years that they started going into the different religions. But when they first came to Hawaii, they worshiped one God, the mighty Akua. That's what we do today. One more thing. When we went on our mission trip to Thailand, different country, like you've experienced, different food, different smell, I mean, just everything different. But God took us over there, and, and we were in this little church, and as we were singing this song, praise, Wait a minute, we were singing this song, and in the middle of the song, I, I'm not kidding you, I, I, I oh, it was shout, shout, shout to the Lord. Lord. Yeah. In the middle of the song, God spoke to us and said, you can travel to anywhere, but we still worship the same God, the God our Father, through Jesus Christ. So get to know Him. And he will use you. He's using his.
church, Jesus is the same God that you worship and we worship and thousands of other people in Pakistan worship. We all worship the same Almighty, Mighty Akua, Almighty God. And we have come to know this through Jesus Christ. Jesus, here's a song that we wanted to share with you in a very old Hawaiian culture and tradition. Ooyo is the hawk that sails around the island and the land, the island. And the hawk is symbolic of God who watches over the land and its people. So this song we'd like to share with you is sung in Hawaiian as well as in English. We want to praise, worship with you. Yeah, we, we're trying to do, uh, well for today, we're going to try and do all the um, Hawaiian songs. Yes. Part Hawaiian, part yeah. English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you guys, I mean, they're, they're doing prayerfully, they're explaining the song, but you need to hear it in English as well. So we're going to do that for you.
that he gave his life to Jesus Christ and was out serving. He lost his life, but he was never found. So the parents got all the friends together and did a memorial services for Aaron. One of the songs they asked us to do was a song called Oceans. And we want to share this song with you because the words are so powerful that when you just come across the major obstacle in your life, whatever that hurdle is going to be, God will take you through that to the storm.
being led, so <laughs> you know, you'll be like, what, what? <laughs> I forgot that I have people that I have to coordinate with. <laughs> I was just going to go right into the song, like, come on. <laughs> but they don't even know what's up. That's, that's, that's the spirit, you know, so I'm ready to go and I'm like, <laughs> so the bubble above my head is saying, no. Hey, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to just know.
There's a song that uh, I wish I wrote, but I didn't write the song. <laughs> but we feel like we wrote it, you know? And uh, speaking from our hearts. You know, one of the things that you said, brother, you know, you have to let the spirit just lead you and take you outside of your comfort zone.
one more song, and then we're gonna we're gonna keep worshiping. And I just want to take a moment to say how much I appreciate you guys.
I don't know. First verse? He is just.